0: Good morning, beautiful. I know it's gonna be a good morning, beautiful. When you're waking up with me, it's gonna be a
1: good morning, beautiful. Hi, I'm Donna Carter, and you're listening to Grow on the Go. Where is Kevin Pankhurst? You ask? She's (laughs) not here with me in the blanket fort at the moment, but don't worry, you'll hear from her in a minute. It seems like a lot of people we know have been really hurt by their churches recently. COVID has been tough on churches and a lot of pastors and support staff have had to be laid off. And even when that's done well, it still hurts. And it's even worse when it's not done well. Some churches have had rifts developing because of decisions that have had to be made about masks and vaccinations. Maybe there's a change of leadership and after years or even decades of serving as volunteers in their church, people just don't feel valued anymore. Sometimes there's gossip, misunderstandings, or even accusations. And that all seems so wrong, doesn't it? But the problem is that people are full of selfishness and brokenness, and churches are full of people. It's inevitable that we're going to hurt each other. So what do we do with those hurts? This is a topic Kevin and I unpacked in a previous podcast. We thought it would be good to remind ourselves of some of the things we talked about back then and and share them with you again. So here are Kevin Pankhurst and me, Donna Carter, talking about When Church Hurts. I think a lot of people out there are going to be able to relate to the experience of having their feelings really hurt. Yeah. Um, sometimes profoundly
0: hurt. Sometimes, like,
1: permanently. Um, And and the reason I thought of doing this um, is because a friend of mine, uh, we were talking about her adult daughter who has just made the choice to leave the church because Mm -hmm. someone hurt her. And my friend said to me what she wanted, but wisely did not, (laughs) say to her daughter, she said, you've been hurt by the church? Well... Who hasn't? Yeah. And what was implied was that being hurt by the church is not a reason to abandon the church. Uh, you don't think? The, you th- the church? No.
0: In a particular church?
1: church? Oh, yes. absolutely. Okay, so that's a really good definition to make right here. Yeah, The church is the universal thing that Jesus has promised to build choosing
0: to be part of the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. Absolutely sometimes you have to look for a church
1: where the grass is higher than the weeds Mm -hmm. and leave a church where the weeds are higher than the grass. There
0: will always be weeds because like a lot Mm -hmm. of things humans are the worst part of the church because (laughs) we are fundamentally flawed Absolutely, and we mess up and no one is infallible Um, So there will always be hurt in a church. Um, You just kind of have to find the one that uh, first of all, fits with the theology that rings true in in your understanding of Mm -hmm. who God is. And, And second of all, Um, works really hard not to hurt people yeah Yeah.
1: and you're also looking for a cultural fit too Mm -hmm. exactly
0: yeah so is that is being hurt by the church or people in the church a good reason to leave the church no to leave a church maybe yeah yeah yeah
1: absolutely okay i'm glad we cleared that up i did not think to clarify that but um this is why i have you yeah Uh, And, you know, when my friend talked to me about her daughter and like, well, welcome to the club. Everybody gets hurt. Um, I'd never really thought of it quite that way, but I kind of had to agree with her. Because if you hang out in a church long enough, you're going to get hurt. Mm -hmm. Because churches, as you have said, are full of people and people are full of sin. They sure are. So do you think churches are worse than other communities like golf clubs or schools or whatever as far as hurting
0: people in some ways i do um because the intimacy of a spiritual community is so profound Mm. um can be for sure can be yeah and particularly when people who work in the church are hurt when you work for a church. It's not really just your job. It is also very much your family and your community and so And your hobby. And, and your, your hobby, ministry and your ministry and, yeah. and 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 where you're fed spiritually. Yeah. And it is pretty devastating if you are hurt by all of those pieces of your network at once. Yeah. Um I would also say that any time that spirituality exists in, um, and whether it's following Christ or um, any type of world religion. There is a potential for, um, abuse of power and spiritual abuse, mm-hmm. um, wherein someone will take the word of God or, um, whatever they believe in and twist it to serve their own means. Right. Um, and abuse people. And that is really horrendous. Yeah. Um, so, in some ways, yes. In some ways, no. There's a there's a there's a depth that you probably won't find at the country club or the sailing club, which might be the same thing. I don't really know. Um, <laughs> Being a real country club as, kind of yeah, girl. yeah, with my with my sweater tied around my mm-hmm. neck. My friends, Mitzi, and Fitzy, you're white. And and I'm not white judging pants. anybody. It's just not what I grew no, up with. No. Yeah. If you're anyway, uh,
1: if your so, name is Mitzi or Fritzy or Fritzy or love whatever you. I said, you're great. <laughs>
0: and I just don't get it,
1: and that's okay. I don't have to. Hey, you know what? Speaking of not getting it, I just want to address something that uh, came up um, in a podcast that we did fairly recently. I did I did with Licia Corbella mm-hmm. about loving your neighbor in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting because we got feedback from someone who was really offended okay. that we um, kind of compared um, anti-maskers to people who re- drive without their headlights, for example. That's something we kind of... Um, talked about and, and laughed at a bit, and um, my goal was to just help people see the issue from a different perspective. Sure, um, but it did really um, offend someone, and um, she felt that, um, you know, that was absolutely the opposite of loving your neighbor in in a pandemic. And so I, I I've written to her, I've apologized, but the next day I got. Um, some correspondence from someone who was like, Yay! Amen! Go! Preach it, sister! Um, you know, we, we really do need to go the extra mile in loving our neighbor in the mm-hmm. pandemic. And, you know... So, it was a, a controversial issue. And, you know, I just want to say, whether you agree with us or not, yeah. we love hearing from
0: you. Yeah. And um, it's okay for you to disagree with us. I mean... We we try to make it clear when we're speaking from opinion and when we're speaking from scripture, Mm -hmm. Um, because you know we're we're believe it or not we're really not here to push our own agendas. We'll 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 speak to what we believe is right. Mm -hmm. You may be here to push your feminist agenda a little bit,
1: (laughs) but you know here's what I really want to say about that is is we desperately want to. Help people grow Mm -hmm. in their relationship with God, and sometimes um, maybe we're going to um, take a little bit of a controversial stand to get people to think, but we certainly don't hate anyone, we certainly don't want to offend anyone.
0: And we're not trying to alienate anyone, but we are trying to challenge Yes. Everyone, including that's ourselves. How, that's how you grow, right? Yeah. You don't it, grow without challenge. Yeah. And so sometimes what we say might be a little uncomfortable. We're not trying to make you uncomfortable, but we are asking you to examine yourself honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. and And where some of your beliefs come from. So...
1: Okay, so talking about the idea of whether um, the conflict that happens in churches is worse yeah. than in other communities, I, I think it's quite possible that they are worse mm-hmm. in the church because Satan is working hard to tear down what Jesus is committed to building. For sure. But even if the conflicts in churches aren't any worse, they feel worse because we expect more from the body of Christ, yes. right? And yeah. rightly so, So, I would really love if you would read the passage from the beginning of Philippians chapter 2.
0: Sure. Um, Forgive me, my nose is a little stuffy, so uh, this may sound hilarious. (laughs) If you find any comfort from being in the anointed, if his love brings you some encouragement, if you experience true companionship with the Spirit, if his tenderness and mercy fill your heart, then, brothers and sisters... Here is one thing that would complete my joy. Come together as one in mind and spirit and purpose, sharing in the same love. Don't let selfishness and prideful agendas take over. Embrace true humility and lift your heads to extend love to others. Get beyond yourselves and protecting your own interests. Be sincere and secure your neighbor's interests first. I love that. I especially, like, get beyond yourselves. It's all... It's get over <laughs> They it. just
1: picked a different position. It's like, over get it. over yourselves. Yeah. Yeah. So, I have to say, when I read scriptures like this, I, I can't help but be di- disappointed mm-hmm. by the contrast of what my experience with church has been and what I know it should be. Mm-hmm. So, I know you've experienced hurt in the church, too. Do you
0: care to share? Yeah. I know um, I... When I serve, it's often through some kind of performance. Mm -hmm. Um, And almost every time I do, there's something wrong with what I'm wearing, which I find really alienating. And I really try. I really try. I got feedback once that when I bent over, the gentleman I was bending over towards could see down my top. And my my reaction was like, so don't look like
1: it's not like you're going to be bending over
0: all the time, (laughs) and not like at the congregation. And it was a it was a reasonably like high cut top. I was very careful. I just I'm perky. They (laughs) sit high. There's not a whole lot I can do about that. And I I find it really frustrating because I get so anxious every time I try to decide what I'm going to wear if I'm performing at church because I'm almost always criticized. And oh. people do try to do it in a gentle way, mm-hmm. but it really starts to feel like having a body is against God's rules, and it's not. And I'm not a particularly provocative dresser. No, you're not. I'm I'm pretty covered up, and I certainly never have the intention to lead anyone astray, Right, which is what modesty is about. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah so that that's been some of the hurt i've been some some places i've gotten feedback that the way i worship is distracting which i can understand but also feels a little bit like (laughs) praise god not like that yeah you would like me to worship inauthentically so that i don't distract you yeah worship god honestly but not like that um so yeah, there there there've been there's been some, some little things, hurts for sure. Yeah, yeah. And, well and, you you've know, been profoundly hurt by the church.
1: <laughs> when, yeah. When I share my story, I'm often tempted to leave out a few significant details, like, <laughs> like the fact that my husband was a pastor and that he was forced out of a youth ministry job he loved, and that in fact some of the most painful experiences of my life have centered on churches.
0: In our extended family as well, as well some significant strife within our family. Because of hurt from the church. Yeah, and yeah. that's still not completely resolved. Yeah. Oh.
1: But, you know, um, it's probably not something our listeners really expected to hear mm-hmm. from, you know, Christian radio.
0: Or podcast, yeah.
1: Come to church. It nearly killed me. But you'll love it, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the problem, as I said, with churches is that they're full of broken people, just yeah. like families are. And many families are dysfunctional. We know that, right? But we don't give up on all families. Yeah. We can't give up on
0: all churches either. Yeah. And that's the important important distinction. If your family is abusive, leave that family. You still need a connection, a network, a chosen family. Right. So
1: yeah. pick and, a new and one. It's, and it's the same thing with the church, yeah. for sure. We can't give up on the church because Jesus won't. He's promised to build it. And, as, and in spite of the fact that churches hurt as well as heal, the reality is... The church is the hope of the world. That's what Jesus designed it to be. So anyway, I thought it was time that I shared my story with you, our listeners. But you, you specifically, Kevin, because uh, you were born in the middle of this really difficult situation. And I may be entirely responsible for what... You are. Yeah, what I am. Well, we've
0: postulated <laughs> that, that my... Dropped, not that I dropped you on your head, You did but, fall down the stairs um, when you were pregnant with me. That's but, true. Um, we have we have sort of postulated that, um, <clears throat> yeah, some of the stress and trauma you underwent is maybe why I am so profoundly mentally ill. <laughs> <ew. laughs>
1: well, there's a ton of research now that says not only the mother... Yeah, um, it's also the father if they're interesting. If, Yes, I know I've heard that quite recently from a psychologist that um, yeah the new studies are showing that um, you know it's, it's genetic but it's also environmental so I thought that's a very interesting thing but um, I thought it might be interesting for you to hear this whole story I mean not in excruciating detail because we just don't have time but um, we'll let our listeners sort of overhear it and maybe hearing my journey of forgiveness will be healing for some people. So, our story of church hurt began with a prayer. Turns out, a very naive prayer. Mm -hmm. One day in early 1991, my husband Randy prayed, God, I want to be such a threat to the enemy that my name is a household word in hell. Which is like...
0: (laughs) That's stupid, but okay. And when I say stupid, I mean like he just he just wanted to be such a powerful force for Jesus, and he was so passionate. Yeah, he now, still
1: is. Yes, he is. And and I confess that I don't have a a thorough understanding of what goes on in the spirit realm, but in my imagination. It went something like this. And in this little role play, I'm gonna be God and you can be Satan. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Okay. Oh, sorry. That's that's coming up. That's not right now. Oh okay. Okay, I'll I'll hold off on being Satan. Hold off on being Satan for now. Okay, so (laughs) at (laughs) seven AM seven AM, Randy prays the prayer previously mentioned. Seven oh one, God receives the prayer. Seven oh two, God sends an email to hell. They had the internet in the spirit realm before we got it. Yeah, sure. Um, Email is received in hell. 704, large howitzer cannon rolls onto our front lawn. (laughs) And 705, spiritual shells start flying through our front window. So our first clue that the email had been received in hell was when three really rough kids showed up at an outreach event that our, our youth group was hosting and all evening these I mean we wanted rough kids at our outreach yeah, event that was the, the whole point, point. Yeah. but these kids tried to make trouble they right. tried to pick fights all night and um, it was amazing because we knew this one kid he actually became an MMA, MMA fighter oh, huh. um, but he never backed down yeah, from a fight clearly. and that evening he did and we were like wow <laughs> Zas must have got saved or something <laughs> (laughs) But anyway, toward the end of the event, um, my husband was um, giving an evangelistic message. And these kids did not want to be in the room where that was happening. They sat in a stairwell, stairwell just outside of the room. And one of our pretty perceptive youth workers was curious. And so he followed them and he started a conversation with them. And he said, so what school do you guys go to? And the school they named was one where none of our church kids attended. So now he's really curious. He said, "Okay, well, how did you hear about our youth group and, and this event tonight?" Their answer raised the hair on the back of his neck. They said, "We were channeling, and our grandmaster told us to come." Yikes! yeah if you're not familiar with that terminology, it's grandmaster cult stuff—that's a demon. Yeah. yeah. Well, when Randy heard this, he was ecstatic.
0: <laughs> that's so messed up. Get out of here. That makes my stomach drop. <laughs>
1: He felt okay. The enemy's aware of what God's doing in our ministry, and he served us notice. And so he gave the kids a real pep talk about our unity and all of that. But it really wasn't the youth group yeah. that Satan was attacking. Yeah. It was, it was, it was really Randy and anybody else standing in the way. Satan had sent three kids to our youth group to cause trouble that night, and because of an uh, army of prayer warriors yeah. interceding all through the event. In the end, three kids got saved.
0: Wasn't the same. not those kids? kids. No. Yeah, but, but the, and there's some significance to the three. and the three. Is. Yeah, I, I think, think there I really don't is. think
1: that's an accident. Yeah. So as I say, the ministry wasn't the enemy's target, um, and although we we wouldn't find out about it for several months, it began right around the same time that Randy prayed that naive prayer mm-hmm. with a handful of parents meeting secretly to discuss what was wrong with the youth ministry and the youth minister and the short story after many ex, or the long story short after many excruciating months it became very clear to us that we would never be free to serve in the way we felt called to in that church and so with a truly a broken heart and a crushed spirit randy resigned yeah. Then because of the secrecy that shrouded the whole situation and the inevitable gossip that seems to happen in churches, we were constantly hearing rumors about ourselves that made us wonder if we'd have to go to Africa to get another job in ministry. And the rumors actually continued for almost a decade after we left.
0: It makes me so angry
1: that no one stopped it. I know. I know. And we were never given that opportunity. Um, At one point, I actually heard that someone had been saying that Randy had abused our daughter who was
0: three years old at the time, your big sister. And there had mm. been some mm. someone in the church who had been abusing... Mm, different church. Oh, that was a different, different church. church. Okay, yeah. I was going to say, the yeah. irony is unbelievable. Okay, yeah. carry on.
1: And so I was left wondering whether social, social services was going to show up at my front door and split up our family. Mm. The, the gossip was that vicious. And there's something so humiliating about having people who once respected you now wondering whether all these horrible things could be true of them. And none of them were true. But because Randy was never given the opportunity to answer the accusations against him or present his side of the various stories being circulated, most of the church people don't even know the real reasons we left the church. They were all left wondering if some of these things were true. Mm And sometimes, to be honest, I forget the real reasons that happened, because I really don't believe that it stopped. It started with that group of parents who were meeting in secret. I think it started with a conversation between God and Satan, very similar to the one recorded at the beginning of the book of Job. So I can envision God seated behind his executive desk where he's approving or denying the enemy's request to harass God's people. So, Kev, you get to be Satan in this little role play. How exciting to me. Okay, so it starts with God saying, I see you've noticed how serious Randy Carter is about reaching and discipling students. He
0: prayed a pretty stupid prayer. (laughs) Yeah, Randy's a bit intense, but his heart is basically right basically right maybe but you know his motives aren't always pure he's using that youth ministry and his good reputation to medicate the pain of feeling insignificant instead of finding his significance in you if i have my way his real pain is just the beginning you want to take the ministry away from him and destroy his reputation you know how he values integrity yes i know it's one of the things i love the most about him I'll cool off his spiritual passion, with your permission, of course. We'll see. Proceed
1: with your plan, but stay within the boundaries I set for you. Okay, now, does this whole scenario seem unlikely to you? Maybe even a bit arrogant to think that Satan could be bothered with a, a simple youth pastor? If you think so, just listen to
0: these scriptures Kevin's going to read to us. Uh, so, First Peter 5, verse 8 Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Luke 22, verse 31. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, and when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. The note in the
1: NIV study Bible on this verse says Satan wants to test the disciples, hoping to bring them to spiritual ruin. Uh,
0: Revelations Revelations, yeah, nine verse ten. Jesus says, I know the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not be afraid of those you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you. So, Kev, you
1: were born the Wednesday between the Sunday of your dad's resignation and our last Sunday in that church.
0: I didn't realize it was so in the eye of that storm. So in the eye of that storm. No wonder I messed up. (laughs) And in case you've ever wondered
1: why you got your pet name, Kevy Bear, (laughs) now everyone knows, it's because holding you comforted me so much during such a painful time. I cried many tears onto your fuzzy little head in the the months following that horrific experience. And it took a lot of time and a lot of work to get my heart right. It didn't happen in a day. It didn't even happen in a year. And it, it really, I worked hard at it. In my times with the Lord, I'd I'd kind of walk through the various scenes of our conflict and I'd ask God to help me sort out my emotions and show me where my sin was hiding. Randy and I both worked so hard at healing and we discovered some really interesting things. Mm. Time alone will not heal your heart, but you also can't rush the process. You can slow it down by not cooperating with God, but you can't speed it up.
0: And it's worth mentioning that you guys were still healing from this... um like, I remember it still being a topic of conversation in our family when I was a teenager, like 13, 14. Mm-hmm. I think by 14, it we were pretty much done. I think done,
1: we had finished healing at that point, but it was still, like you said earlier, a scar, a scar, yeah. right? And something that profoundly affects you. And and God redeemed it in many ways, yep. you know, um, through the counseling that we pursued after this to try and make sure we were healthy. Yeah. Um, we Ended up addressing some things that went way back that made us much healthier. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so um, I also learned that we're never exclusively victims. Yeah, because out of pain comes sinful attitudes and behavior that's designed to protect ourselves. In Larry Crabb's book Inside Out, there's a
0: great quote. Would would you read that for us, please? Sure. Certainly we struggle as victims of other people's unkindness. We have been sinned against, but we cannot excuse our sinful responses to others on grounds of their mistreatment of us. We are responsible for what we do. We are both strugglers and sinners, victims and agents, people who hurt and people who harm.
1: There were so many milestones along the journey to healing that we don't have time to go into today. But I knew I was finally finished the healing process when we attended a a wedding in that church a couple of years later. I was really nervous, I had butterflies in my stomach as we drove into the parking lot, and I was remembering words I'd spoken with great passion only a couple of years earlier. I said, I will never darken the door to that church again as long as I live. But, you know, once I was inside, I was amazed. I felt no anger no pain. In fact, I felt truly blessed because we had been enabled by God to move on, not only free, but better, more intimate with Jesus, more aware of the needs of others and ourselves, more able to be real with people and leave our reputations to God, more able to trust him to work out every circumstance to our, our ultimate good. And many of the people still in that church, by their own admission, were still struggling through the anger and the pain at that time. Then it was about five or six years later that we were approached by the leadership of that church to ask if we'd come back so that they could ask for our forgiveness. And by that time, we really didn't need to hear it. Our hearts were healed and free of bitterness, but we went. And it was a beautiful example of how healing the church can be when it functions the way Jesus wants it to god reconnected our hearts with that church that day and both randy and i have been back there to speak many times i know unfortunately that that kind of restoration happens all too rarely but maybe some of you our listeners are suffering pain stemming from the abuse of leadership in a church or you've been badly treated by others who go there maybe you've keenly identified with that feeling of betrayal i've been talking about and just maybe, God has tenderly chosen this time to help you remove a layer from the callous on your heart. It comes through forgiveness, recognizing your own sin and admitting it to God, and forgiving others who have hurt you. But forgiveness is a process. It takes time. And if you know that that's what you need to do next, I highly recommend you read Desmond Tutu's book, The Book of Forgiving. It will will help walk you through the steps and answer the questions you have on how to forgive. Mm -hmm.
0: I think that's a really good place for us to end off today. Mm -hmm. Um, If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Um, For uh, Go On The Go, I'm Kevin Pankhurst. And I'm Donna Carter.
1: Thanks for listening to Grow On The Go. Share this episode on social media and find more great programs at faithstrongtoday.com.